Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. We want to bless you and we thank the Lord that you are already connected. May the Lord increase you. May the Lord expand you. Once again, this is Pastor Dennis Matov from Kampala, Uganda. The ministry is Freedom Experience Ministry, Kampala, Uganda. I know that uh, with this teaching, someone is being blessed outside there. I trust the name of the Lord that the same teachings you are going to bless others you are going to uh, participate in the building up of the body of christ you are going to express this very good of whom we are learning i am taking you into a wonderful long teaching series about god's new testament economy god's new testament plan and we are talking about experiencing god's new testament plan as we are talking about god here we are concentrating on the father we want to first know who this god is the father that is dispensing himself in us through jesus christ and uh, we have got enough 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 uh, revelations in the scriptures in especially in the new testament to help us to understand God and all and whatever he is we have seen his person we have seen his nature we have seen we are seeing his attributes and i know that by the time we finish up you will know the kind of god that is uh, dispensing himself into our lives and this is so awesome to have a god pouring himself into us We've been seeing he, his attributes we have seen his attributes we have been talking about several of them that uh, make him to make us to understand what is God's being, what is even uh, the riches of his being. So we say that his attributes are what makes God to be the way he is, to be what he is. What is being is seen in these very attributes we have been talking about. We've seen several of them. And even last time we talked about his, the, the fullness his fullness and we talked even in details to know uh, about the fullness of this God today I want us to continue consider more of the, of the attributes of God and this time we are starting with the holiness holiness is one of the main attributes of our God Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 4 verses 8 says that the four living creatures uh, we are going to let us read it together revelation chapter 4 verses 8 glory to god bible says and the four beasts had had each of them six wings about him and they were full of eyes within and they rest not day and night saying holy 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 lord god almighty which was and is and is to come Praise the name of the soul. They were singing. They were always day and night. They were saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty. Who was and who is and who is coming. So the mentioning of Holy three times is even in the book of uh, Isaiah 6 verses uh, 3. Isaiah 6 verses 3. It implies the thought of God being triune. Holy, holy, holy. God the Father is holy. God the Son is holy. And God the Spirit is holy. So, as the mentioning of God's existence with three tenses does, you see, the, the emphasis 
here is that the triune God is holy and is triply holy. In other words, is holy three times, referring to the quality of God's nature. God is being. Hallelujah. So what God is, is holy. Now to partake of God's holiness, let us see Hebrews chapter 4 verses 10. The Bible says, uh, Hebrews 12, 10, For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. But he, for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. God chastises us for one main reason, that we may partake of the quality of his nature. We might be partakers of his holiness because holiness is the quality of his nature, of what he is. Praise the name Jesus. As Peter 1, 5, 15 and 16 says that according to the Holy One, called you, you yourselves also become holy in all manner of life because it is written, you shall be holy because I am holy so the holy one is the triune God, the choosing father, the redeeming son and the sanctifying spirit hallelujah the bible says in First Peter chapter 1 verse uh, verse 1 and 2 says in chapter 1 uh, verse 1 and 2 says that Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered through Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia says elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit and to obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ grace unto you and peace be multiplied you see the uh, in First Peter 1, uh, from verse 1 to 2, we see that the Father has regenerated his elect, imparting his holy nature into them. This is what we see in verse 3, First Peter 1, verse 3, says that, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Oh, after begotting us, we see that the Son has redeemed uh, us with his blood from the, uh, the vain manner of life. He has delivered us. When you read First Peter 1, chapter 1, verse 18, 19, it says that for as much as you, you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ uh, as the as of the lamb without blemish and without spot so we are bought by the blood we are delivered redeemed from the vain manner of life and now the spirit has sanctified them has sanctified us according to the father's holy nature the spirit is sanctifying us he has sanctified us according to the father's holy nature separating us from anything that does not fit with God's nature. That we, by the holy nature of the Father, we may become holy in all manner of life, even as holy as God himself is. Praise the name Jesus. We become holy through the sanctification of the Spirit, based on regeneration, 
which brings us the holy nature of God and the issues in the holy life. Hallelujah. So the Father has regenerated us to produce a holy family, a holy father with a holy children. Glory to God. Now, as holy children, we should walk in a holy manner of life. Otherwise, the Father will deal with our unholiness. Because he has told us in Hebrews 12, 19, he will chastise us to bring us to holiness so that we live a holy life. So he begot us with his life inwardly so that we might have his holy nature. And he disciplines us outwardly so that we may partake of his holiness. This is what Hebrews 12, 19 is all about. He has given us his life inwardly that life is holy. See, we have his holy nature inwardly, but outwardly we are still weak, we are still doing evil things, we are still speaking reckless words, we are still like thinking. So he's going to discipline us that we may partake outwardly, we may partake his holy his holiness. Hallelujah. So the words holy and holiness have been spoiled by today's teaching. In the Bible, the word holy should not be understood according to natural concept. Because someone, uh, some of us will misunderstand the word holy, all holiness. Something that holiness is sinlessness, of which nobody can call himself holy when we talk about sinlessness, because we always and oftentimes sin. According to this concept, someone is holy if he does not sin. This is what most of the people think about when it comes to holiness. Now, this thought is absolutely mistaken. Holiness is neither sinlessness nor perfection. I want you to understand this. Holy not only means sanctified, separated unto God. Holy means also different, distinct from everything that is common. See, to be holy is to be different from common things, to be distinct from common things, to to be separated from holy things, rather from common things. So only God is different, only God is distinct from all things in his nature. Therefore, he is holy. So that means that holiness is the distinct quality of his nature as one of his attributes is distinct, is different. The way God makes us holy is to impart himself, the Holy One, into us so that our whole being may be permeated and saturated with his holy nature. The way we become holy is not by what we do, no. It is when God imparts himself as the one who is holy into us. Hallelujah. For us, God is chosen ones. To be holy is to partake of his nature. When we partake of his nature, then we are holy. It's not when we are not sinning. No. It is when we are partaking. This is what Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4 is all about. Second Peter 1, 4, Peter says that according Thereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of his divine nature. 
having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So, we see that it is also to have it is to have our holy being our whole being permeated with God himself. This is different from mere sinless affection. This makes our being holy like God himself in his nature. Hallelujah. So, that means to be holy is to be separated unto God from everything other than God. You belong to God. This it also means to be different. You are different. You are distinct from all that is not God. Therefore, we become not common, but different. We are no, long, we are no longer common people. We are different people. So in the universe, God alone is holy. He is different from everything and is distinct. Therefore, to be holy means to be one with God. Needs distinction. Because it's distinct, you are one with him in his distinction. It's different, you are one with him in his difference. Praise the name of Jesus. So, you may be sinless and perfect. But if you are not one with God, you, you are not holy. When God gets into us, we are holy. When we get into God, we are more holy. And when we are mingled with God, we are most holy. So we become holy by having God in us. We become more holy by being in God. And we become the holiest by being mingled, permeated, and saturated with God. Hallelujah. So this will eventually issue in, in the New Jerusalem, which is called the Holy City. When you come to the book of Revelation chapter 21 verses 2 and verses 10 the new Jerusalem is called the holy city. In verse 2 the Bible says and I John saw the holy city new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for our husband. Verse 10 says that and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. So a city that not only belongs to God and is for God but is filled with God, saturated with God and this city is one with God. That's why it is a holy city, a holy entity sanctified with God. Praise the name Jesus. So that is what I can talk about uh, holiness as God's attribute. I want to proceed to talk about righteousness. Righteousness, another attribute of God is righteousness. God is righteous as well as holy. Well, as holiness is related to God's inward nature, righteousness is related to God's outward acts, God's outward ways, actions, and activities. He is righteous in all his works in all his ways, in all his actions, in all his activities. Everything God does is righteous. Everything God does is righteous. Inwardly is holy, outwardly is righteous. Glory to God. So, what is the righteousness of God? What is the righteousness of God? 
the righteousness of God is what God is in his action with respect to justice and righteousness. God is just and he is right. Whatever God is in his justice and righteousness constitutes his righteousness. Book of Revelation chapter 15 verses 3 says, Great and wonderful are your works, Lord God the Almighty, righteous and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Hallelujah. So God work, God is works. God's works are his acts, well as God's ways are his governing principles. They are ways that are God's ways. These are his governing principles. He has ways. God's works are his acts. Praise the name Jesus. God's ways are righteous in his principles. If you know God's ways, then you will not need to wait to see his works in order to praise him. Although his, his works have not yet come, you will know they will come because you know the governing principles by which God does things. God's ways are righteous according to his principles. So you don't praise him because he has done any outward actions and works. Hallelujah. But you praise him because you know his ways. He's always righteous and just. So you praise even when you don't see anything positive yet from God. Hallelujah. So, when we come to the book of uh, Romans chapter 1 verses 16 and verses 17, we see something that Paul says that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation everyone who believes both to Jews first and to Greek. The righteousness of God is revealed in it. You see, the gospel reveals the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Here we are able to see, to know his works and his ways. In John chapter 3 verses 16, God is love is the source and it is the motive of God's salvation. It is because of his love that he saves. When you come to Ephesians chapter 2 verses 5 and 8, we see that God's grace is the basic element of God's salvation. But here when we come to Romans, we see that God's righteousness is the power of God's salvation. In John, we see God's love being the the, 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 the reason as why he saves us it is his love a source that motivates God to save it is love Ephesians gives us grace as the element that God uses to save us grace but Romans gives us righteousness as the power of God's salvation righteousness hallelujah so legally speaking both love and grace can they can fluctuate, but not righteousness. Love can fluctuate, grace can fluctuate. Righteousness is constant. This is true even more with God's righteousness. Because God's righteousness is revealed in the gospel, the gospel is the power 
of God to salvation. Hallelujah. So, we see that according to John chapter 3, verses 16, salvation is out of God's love. Hallelujah. Salvation is out of God's love. And according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 and 8, salvation is by God's grace. But in Romans 1.17, Paul says that salvation comes by the righteousness of God. So, neither love nor grace is related to the law. No law forces us to love or to give grace. Whether we love or not, we are still lawful. And whether we extend grace or not, we are still legal. Now, in a sense, God is not bound to love us. But furthermore, we see that he is not legally bound to show us grace. Righteousness, on the contrary, is very much related to the law. Because Christ has fulfilled all the righteous requirements of God's law, God is bound to save us. He has no choice. In the first two, he can choose not to love, not to show grace. But he cannot choose not to be righteous because he has been paid by Jesus Christ all the righteous requirements. So he is bound to save us. If you say, Lord Jesus, you are my savior, you can turn to God and say, God, you must forgive me, whether you like it or not. You are righteous if you forgive me, but you are unrighteous if you don't forgive me. God does not have a choice. He will have to forgive you because he is bound to forgive you because he is righteous. He can say this to God because Christ has fulfilled all righteous requirements of the law. God does not demand us anything as far as righteousness is concerned. Why? Not because we are doing something that is righteous, but because Jesus has paid it all. The law does not de- demand anything from Jesus Christ. And as a result, God is bound by his righteousness to save us. Righteousness, therefore, is a mighty bond. God cannot escape it. He must save you. He must save us. Because he is righteous. Glory to God. Because he is righteous. First John chapter 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous that he may forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, God is faithful in his word. It's what First uh, John chapter 1 verse 10 is, is talking about. He is faithful and righteous. He is righteous in his blood, in the blood of Jesus Christ, his son. That is what First John 1 7 is talking about. Let me read some of the verses for you. The book of First John. Hallelujah. So, we see verse 7 says that, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Hallelujah. So, 
we see that his word is a word of truth of the gospel that is what Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 is talking about it tells us that he will forgive us our sins because of Christ Acts chapter 10 verse 43 the Bible says in verse uh, chapter 10 verse 43 to him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believes in him shall receive remission of sins hallelujah so the blood of Christ has fulfilled his righteous requirements that he may forgive us our sins remember Matthew 26 28 so if we confess our sins he according to his word and based on the redemption through the blood of Jesus forgives us he forgives us because he must be faithful in his word and righteous in the blood of Jesus otherwise God would be unfaithful and unrighteous hallelujah so I believe you have, you have seen the righteousness of God it binds him to forgive us. Hallelujah. So Romans chapter 3 verses 21. I think I will stop with this one. Paul speaks a further word concerning the righteousness of God. It is, but now without law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So to say that to say that the righteousness of God has been manifested without law means that the righteousness of God is not based on our doing. That is, it is not based on our keeping the law. Although the righteousness of God has existed for ages, it has been there for ages, it was not manifested to us until we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and called on his name that he should save us. Then the righteousness of God was revealed to us. When God's righteousness is revealed, it is manifested. It is manifested to us when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, I trust God that even today, Someone there has received sense and a revelation. Someone there has been blessed by this wonderful explanation of these two attributes of God. One being God is uh, holy and God is also righteous. So I believe that you now know the kind of God that is dispensing himself into you. You now see that this is the God that is entering into man. Glory to God. This is the God that is dispensing into us the believers. We shall continue our next time in the next episode. This has been episode 35. In case you have not uh, gone through the previous episodes, please download our application, Freedom Exchange app, and get where there are categories check the category of God's eternal plan. You will have all this for you in order. But also you can visit our podcast. We have a lot of 
platform like in Spotify, in Apple, we have also here this. Then we have a website where you can get our podcasts and previous teachings and messages, and even a service services from our church, and even interpreted one. So you can visit Freedom Experience Ministry at. Uh, Freedom Experience Ministry at o, uh, rather dot org. God bless you. This is Pastor Dennis. Until next time.